Hey everybody, hey everybody, this is Ian McHenry from Beyond Pricing bringing you This Week in Airbnb and Beyond. Uh, this is week nine, we took a bit of a hiatus, it's good to be back and we have a couple of awesome guests today here to talk about the latest news, a lot of developments. We won't rehash the next last six months, uh, but we'll get you caught up on some really interesting topics. Uh, we have uh, Alex from Get Properly, Properly app, uh, and we have Stefan from Orby Rental. Um, they're here to lend their perspective today, and so we're really glad to have both you guys here. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so we'll start out this week. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of regulatory, but we have two sort of experts here in um, you know what, what we should say is kind of the, the API economy, shall we say. Um, they're really have both built amazing apps that are very open and they're all about the interconnectedness of everything. Um, one of the kind of major topics and one of the new developments, especially with Airbnb, has been this idea that uh, you know uh, you should you know, different systems should be able to talk to each other. And so Airbnb, uh, uh, what was it now, maybe a year ago or so, first opened up their API so that you wouldn't just have to log into the Airbnb extranet and manage all your listings. And they started connecting to, uh, I think there are four launch partners, uh, LiveRes, um, Kigo, uh, BookingPal, and LeisureLink, uh, so that uh, property managers could uh, easily get their inventory onto Airbnb. Um, and this was really sort of the first time they ever opened that up. Um, then in November, they launched this idea of host assist. Is that right, Alex? Is yep. that about what it was? Yep, it was in November. Yep. Uh, and this was an idea of, okay, um, not only do we want uh, these channels to be able to, uh, or these, these management systems to be able to sync uh, information directly to Airbnb and open up the market to a lot more of these traditional property managers. Um, but we also want all these other kind of ancillary services uh, to be able to talk to Airbnb and get information in and out and all that sort of stuff. And so um, properly uh, is an official kind of, are you official host assist in, in most countries, API integrated? Um, were you part of the November launch class or we a little bit later? No, we were part of the November launch. Um, we are integrated um, across the world um, with Airbnb. So we've got API access for the entire world and we are currently being promoted through the host assist directory in eight different countries. Awesome. And uh, you know, if you guys don't know about host assist, if you're on Airbnb, uh, where can you actually find host assist? <laughs> so um, it really depends where in the world you are. Um, yeah. If you are in a country where that partner is being promoted, then you just go to the, it's pretty much the center of your console on the host side of Airbnb, yeah. and you'll see a button there called host assist, and you click on that and you'll see the partners that are available for that country. First, you'll have to select the listing you want to look at because it sorts listings by country. Great, great. Um, and there's a lot of kind of lock partners there, I think, where the first ones, uh, Lockatron, if there is that act, is that actually August. shipping? Did somebody have that? <laughs> August um, and whatnot there. And the idea, right, was that um, for them, every time you get a reservation, you want to be able to uh, send a code automatically. Do you have Do you have an idea of like how? I haven't seen the integration actually work. How does that work? And and why do you think Airbnb kind of uh, started with? Uh, well, one with locks, and then two. I think you're probably pretty unique. And um, yeah. you talk some about why they decided to. Um, do that with you guys. Yeah, I think the idea that Airbnb had at the time was to have an ecosystem of companies that sort of are around Airbnb, that are in spaces that don't con directly compete with Airbnb, that are highly, but are highly complementary to Airbnb. And I think they narrowed it down to two areas, um, one of them access, and then we are the odd man out on the cleaning side. Yeah. Um, the, I think the idea on how it works on the access side, I am a, I'm a user of August. As a host, I'm a user of August, the smart lock. So I've experienced that a little bit myself. The idea is that every time you have a booking and you have a group of guests arriving, you want to send them your August key. Yeah. And this basically automates it because you can connect your August lock to Airbnb, yeah. um, and it then will automate automatically send um, an electronic lock to the to the person who's actually made the booking. Got it. Um, so it does it send that information from Airbnb to the August portal and the August portal sends out the, that's, the key automatically? That's right. So, so it's basically, pretty much a reservation feed that goes into August. I think the, the way it works is it's actually, it's uh, the implementation is a little bit 
actually should should be careful on how I phrase <laughs> it. It's I think it's, so. It's, it's, it's early. It's early days. Early days um, yeah. <laughs> but what it does is this. I believe there's an email that goes out from Airbnb or from August from one of the two to the guests saying, "Hey, um, here's a lock. Click on this link and install the app." Um, and then you get the lock. The it's a little bit complicated because on the host side you actually don't necessarily see whether the whether the guest received the lock or not. Uh, right. Second thing is uh, my primary use case for that is that um, it's typically when I have multiple people checking in, I want all of them to have a lock, mm -hmm. and that part doesn't work yet because it's only the probably who actually made oh, the reservation. To that. Okay. Yeah, and that'll maybe change. Airbnb just launched something where you can add guests to reservations. Right? Exactly. And, um, so um, presumably, along with that, will come the integration. That's mark. that's glad, glad that you mentioned it because I think that's exactly the direction yeah. that it's heading. What what we do is um, we are a um, an app that actually allows you to manage your cleaners. So we are not a cleaning service, um, and I think that's part of the reason why we got admitted into the program um, right. because we're not a cleaning service. We're software, right. um, and what we do is we allow hosts to build visual checklists, um, taking the Airbnb listing photos, um, and then taking a live feed of the bookings um, and taking a booking as a trigger to send a cleaning job to a cleaner. Right. Um, the cleaner that you'd send your job to um, would be um, a cleaner that you're currently working with. Okay. Um, but the real service that we're providing is sort of what we think of as the next generation of an API of interconnectivity is um, we're then taking those cleaners and are building a global marketplace of hospitality cleaning services that's available to all Airbnb hosts. So like all we need is a few hosts in every city to um, send jobs to a few of their cleaners. Yeah. And those cleaners then become available to everyone. So you have hospitality trained, tried and proven um, hosts, like, I'm sorry, cleaners in every city of the world. Yeah. We've got um, 2,700 um, signed up users so far, 400 property managers, awesome. and about 700 cleaners. Yeah, that's incredible. Nice. Um, and then it, what's interesting about that too, especially for me, you know, I have property in Santa Cruz. Um, we have one cleaner, uh, we manage them, but like, uh, you know, I think it solves like a lot of problems. You know, one is sort of, you know, when they can't make it, you need backup cleaners. Uh, and even just finding that initial person is really difficult, right? And so you already have this network of people that go in there. Um, and it's a really interesting solution. Um, you know, Airbnb tried this through partnerships with Handy and Homejoy, Homejoy Rest in Peace, uh, um, and the whole sort of partnership Rest in Peace, um, uh, you know, I guess that was probably one of the first like API closed API integrations, really, right? Because presumably it's right. sending information yeah. back and forth between That's us exactly right. um, You know, there's always this idea of um, you know Airbnb seems to be executing really, really well, and they're starting to sort of expand what they do. Um, but like you said, there are certain things where they sort of said, "Hey, we're not going to do that." Right? They're not going to build hardware like Loss. Um, uh, you know, the cleaning side, it's interesting. They gave that a kind of a go. I mean, they weren't actually putting their own cleaners. Um, uh, but it's interesting to see them sort of partnering you know, properly. Um, you know, do, where do you think, like, Airbnb's head is in on that? Like, um, uh, you know, w one thing to talk about here, too, and I know this will bring Stefan in a little bit, is... Um, you know, Airbnb is very Airbnb-centric often, um, but they're starting to recognize, partial, you know, part of this API thing is recognize, like, not everyone lives in Airbnb. Um, some people now, more and more, are on multiple platforms. Um, and it seems like uh, there's certain things where, um, you know, they recognize that, well, it might be nice to be able to just automatically book a cleaner through Airbnb. Yeah, that's that. Um, really, uh, what happens when you get a homeboy guest? Um, and so, you know, do you think part of that opening up the API, especially the lock thing, is just um, a way to to recognize that um, it's not all about them, or or do you think this is just a way to sort of, um, you know, try to keep people on the Airbnb platform and, and live their whole life there and not um, go over to Homeboy? Um, I think there's a little bit of both. Um, I think on the one hand side, like you mentioned, the partnership with Handy before, and I. Obviously, don't know any of the details behind it, but what I would imagine is um, Airbnb operates in 39,000 cities around the world. Um, so, how do you yeah. scalably create cleaner supply across 39,000 cities when Handy is in 15 cities, right. um, or any other cleaning company that they could partner with um, would be in a handful of cities? Right. Um, so, I think the reason why they did the partnership with us is because we provide a scalable solution to the problem we've just launched, and we've got um, cleaners in 400 cities across 20. 
some like actually 30 something countries now yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's scalable from that perspective yeah um, now the the second part um, we are also integrated with home away um, yeah. and um, we'll start getting promoted through home away quite aggressively yeah. um, through their partner directory right um, so you know ultimately a cleaner is a cleaner so the cleaner doesn't care whether that like booking happens on Airbnb or VRBO or home away or stays in Australia or book a batch in New Zealand or Canada stays yeah. like for them it's it's a cleaning um, so the more cleaners you can aggregate I think it helps like sort of having this layer of services available that helps everyone from vacation rentals to home sharing yeah. is really a benefit to the industry and reduces friction for for hosts right. so I think that's probably the reason why they've opened up this segment yeah uh I think also it's a, it's a good strategy in general for a software company to just open an API and learn about a specific, uh, you know, connects uh, or connected uh, business that is not necessarily core to what they do. So Twitter did that a lot, right? They opened an API at some point and a lot of, uh, a big ecosystem just uh, came out of nowhere and, right. and, you know, a lot of very smart things were built on top of Twitter right. or Facebook for that matter. And, and you know what they do after they just uh, you know select a, you know, one of the companies they just buy it and just kill all the other ones and, and uh, it's a nice way to just um, you know expand really quickly by letting somebody else uh, tackle the problem <laughs> yeah and so I mean that brings up a good question which is um, you know uh, you know is there a risk for anybody as as you know Airbnb is opening up very high a little bit more and, and you know they just announced beyond those four we first talked about I think they unofficially announced or it's become known that there's another eight or so I uh, forget what the count is um, added to that um, and as you, you know you alluded to it Alex that HomeAway now kind of is starting a partnership directory um, as well as an API you know for people who are in the ecosystem um, you know what are the you know, one, what are the benefits to integrating, and two, what are the risks? Integrating with? With, uh, with HomeAway or with Airbnb. Because um, you mentioned, like, with Twitter, right. uh, you know, um, you know, you had, what was it, like, some of the ones that allowed you to get yeah. photos into your tweets, and then yeah. they're like, yeah. oh, this yeah. is interesting, we learn all this stuff, then we'll just do it ourselves. I mean, I, I worked in social media for a while, and, and one of the big risks is when you, when you integrate only with one of the big guys, you know, so yeah, you build a business on a dependency that is really risky. Yeah. So uh, I previously worked for a company called Post Planner, and we are really dependent on, on Facebook. And when uh, you know when there were issues with Facebook for some reason, sometimes they change the API or they change the you know the policies. The whole business is at risk, right? So uh, it's important to diversify the platforms. Yeah. So I think it's the same for you know property management systems and and uh, you know or even property managers to just uh, look at different potential platforms to uh, you know to list to. Right. So you just mitigate your risk. I mean, we saw that with uh, recently with uh, the program with HomeAway, right, and the RBO that after the acquisition by uh, Expedia, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they raised their fees, and a lot of people, right, didn't go out of business, but a lot of people got hurt by the by the increase in fees. Right. So, um, you know, diversifying is, is becoming key, and and you know the you know there's a lot of there's a lot of players out there to help uh, property management companies diversify right now. Yeah. So that I think it's it's a, it's strategically important to not put all your eggs in the same basket. Right, yeah, and then it's kind of interesting, almost by opening up their APIs, a lot of the listing sites make it a bit easier. Um, uh, you know, Airbnb probably did it because they saw this whole segment that was closed to them before, which are these traditional property managers, because a property manager who might have hundreds of listings isn't gonna manually update everything on Airbnb, right? Um, I think probably similarly with integration with a, with a cleaning app, um, like yours, obviously, you know, uh, it's great, like you can, you know, notice that you got a reservation on Airbnb and then go into the app and, you know, um, enter that reservation and call it, but to have all this seamlessly work, much more important. Um, and, and kind of having that interconnectivity lets the whole ecosystem thrive, right? Airbnb benefits, they get, uh, it becomes easier to use, they get inventory where they didn't have it before. Um, and, and, you know, people using something like Orbi Rental, uh, you know, which again is property management system could be your central system, uh, and then you can connect to all kinds of services like properly maybe soon, but also like your, uh, you know, your Igloo, um, you know, uh, Internet of Things, home automation system, uh, you know, this could be on pricing, um, all these sorts of things. Um, but like you can play this role where uh, people who maybe were Airbnb centric before um, can also easily and seamlessly get that inventory on multiple channels um, to diversify their risk. Uh, Absolutely, I think that's 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 the role we're trying to play. But uh, it, it, 
the problem we're having right now is that Airbnb just has opened some APIs. First of all, they haven't opened the APIs to everybody. Right. So they haven't opened the APIs to us first. So that's uh, right. one of the, our problems. The second problem is that they, because they have a controlled messaging system, uh, meaning that you know they really control the communication between the, the host and the guest. Right. Uh, a lot of uh, larger uh, agencies that have uh, you know that want to control the flow of, of communication flow have a hard time using Airbnb because of the the difficulty in in, uh, in getting into the, the communication flow right. uh, from a you know from a property management company standpoint, you know when you have a large team of people, uh, you know that you know uh, it, this problem hasn't been solved, and I don't see how it's going to be solved because they want to control the communication until the booking is done. Yeah. So that's one of the problems that uh, you know is going to be uh, still very complex to uh, yeah. uh, you know to solve, and and also given the fact that more and more. Of these large players are going um, uh, in the paper paper booking right uh, system. Right. Yeah, unwrap that a bit for kind of our listeners, right? Um, so you know, I have one property. <laughs> um, I'm on three channels: HomeAway, FlipKey, and uh, uh, Airbnb, right? And I just get emails, and so all my communication is handled via their kind of email system, right? Because that's as an individual, that's the easiest way to do it: of logging in, doing the app, just reply to the email, the messaging is done. And then you just kind of have to log in to hit accept, more or less. How, and now for a property manager, that probably becomes a bit cumbersome. Um, but like, what? How do most property managers deal with that right now in terms of the communicating uh, with guests? Because that's something that's unique versus hotels, right? Um, hotels, it's kind of you just book it. Um, or you know, if you're on Booking.com uh, and your hotel, like they know the Hilton in San Francisco. If they actually have a question, they can just pick up the phone and call it Hilton. That's completely hidden on those channels because right. they don't want them to go around it, right? Um, but how does that, how do property managers deal with that communication right now? And how, you know, what could the listing sites do to um, make that more automatic? Um, and are there APIs you could open? Like what, how would you solve that? Well, it's a pretty complex problem to solve because they, they again, they don't want to, you know, give away the you know the, the communication uh, until the booking is done. Uh, otherwise, a lot of people are going to start bypassing them and pay somewhere else. Right. So, um, how do they do it? A lot of a, a lot of large property management companies companies seem to not even want to be on Airbnb at this point because the you know so in the easiest case they they have an account, a login to the account for the account they manage, but in a lot of cases they don't even have access to the to the account. Right? They mm. uh, they get you know they get um, they just manage an account. Uh, they, they manage the property. They don't have access to the account. They, they get notified when there is a uh, by the owner when there is a booking request. Right. But they, you know, a lot of time they don't they don't even have access to the to the account. Same 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 thing with the VRBO, you know. True. So um, I'm not sure how they are going to solve this. I, I know it's a big headache for uh, property management systems like ours right. to uh, to be able to um, uh, to streamline the whole communication flow across the different channels. Right. Yeah, it's really a challenge. I mean, is it something, I don't know, so you have an idea too, but uh, I mean, is it something that can be solved via like a, uh, you guys are more, a better history in tech than I, but like having a simple messaging protocol between it, um, and there can still be a filter that, you know, blocks out emails or phone numbers, right, like they already do right yeah. now. Um, Thomas, did you have... Um, I think there's a couple of solutions there. Like to Stefan's earlier point, um, I saw that Airbnb just recently started releasing a new feature called additional hosts. And right. I think that feature is, that's not how they talk about it, but I would assume that that's very much aimed at property managers. Right. Because it essentially allows a property manager to have one account that then manages a whole series of, uh, of other accounts. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this, uh, I'm actually not on the data, but uh, team members are, maybe both of you are, I don't know. Um, yeah, they, for those that don't know, Airbnb typically tests a lot of features and they roll them out slowly. Um, so usually, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, um, but a certain percentage of people get this and then it comes later. And so Airbnb rolled out this thing, I think it's on your listing page um, on the left-hand column where it says add like additional hosts, um, which means that somebody else with an Airbnb account uh, can log in and manage pretty much everything, I think, except for changing your payouts, right? You can't suddenly say, hey, pay out to, to my bank account. And they've always had security guard you know, put in place there by emailing you anytime there's changes. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, right. This is sort of this um, thing where, you know, for property managers, they can now manage those individual accounts 
Um, and what's neat about that is you can still keep that Airbnb owner focus, look and feel, um, look and feel versus you know property management, you know big property management co and they're like logo there, and which is yes, very for the for the guests it looks like they're booking with Emily and Jane, um, yeah. and it's cousin Bob who does the communication. Right. So cousin Bob, of course, is the property manager. Right, right. And we've seen this in a lot of the urban areas now, especially when there's been crackdowns there, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. Um, but you know, the media has just gone and done a scrape of Airbnb and see who has the most listings in a lot of these urban cities. And so, you know, they think that, uh, they portray it as, oh, it's this like person buying up all these properties, taking them off the market and like, look at this big hotel operator with 50 properties. The reality is it's Bob and Sue, it's, you know, Jim and Jane, it's 50 different individuals. They just have somebody else helping them out with it. Right. It's, it's exactly, a slight exactly level right. higher than like having a cleaner. It's a cleaner who also responds to inquiries, right? That's exactly right. Um, and so this will help them have that. Um, they actually launched this, what was interesting, uh, which we didn't read, which would have been a good episode, was uh, when they launched the Sonoma Select, which is this kind of very interesting thing. If you search, I think still right now, in Sonoma on Airbnb, you'll see that there are these select properties um, where you get like kind of a gift basket, and they've sort of curated it to 100 properties. Um, but what you see is it's actually the, the host that's helping for all of those individuals is Airbnb itself. Airbnb was the original assisting host. Um, and from what I hear, like you know, um, there was this good article about this, um, you know, that they're, they're kind of managing some of those reservations. Um, uh, but it, in terms of communication flow, I mean, uh, you know, what, what's, why not just have an API for that? Like oh. if I get a red, right, because right now some folks have done this via email, right, where they, you change the email to uh, a certain one, and then you kind of parse the email, and you can yeah. reply to the email, and so that can all be in the property management system. What's what's the problem with that solution? Um, does that work? Uh, well, if you start to parse emails, the problem is that we started to do this actually, and and we we kind of gave up on the on the approach because it's every time some email you know some email format changes, you have to record a lot of things. Right. Um, so it's 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 I mean, it's, it's possible to run a business like this, but. Um, uh, if you're a small team like we are, it's it's uh, it's a bit hard to to keep up, especially if you want to scale to different platforms. So um, and that's why you have APIs, right? Yeah. Right. Like everything, everyone talks about APIs. What does it mean? It's just like a programmable interface. It means something that's documented that tells you how to interact with the website. You can do all these sorts of things through bots and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a lot of engineering work and things change yeah. a lot. And for the sites themselves, like they wanna they wanna control the flow of. So that you're not hitting their servers, you know, millions of times is a bit technical, but that just right. slows down their systems. They want to be able to control that, and that's why you have an API. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've seen, I think, uh, was it Booking.com or somebody on the hotel side started to release sort of like ways for people looking at hotels to actually chat directly with the hotel themselves uh, in the interface. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are, is it the Airbnbs and Homeways and whatnot are just too afraid that? Um, their booking flow is not good enough that people won't still choose to book there because presumably, you know, you're on booking.com and you're looking at the Hilton, you could just go over to Hilton.com and book it there. Um, you know, why don't people do that? And why isn't booking.com so afraid of, you know, actually letting someone communicate with the hotel and have the hotel information right there? Well, because people are pretty, uh, you know, understand that they, you know, as uh, the more intermediaries there are, the more the more they're going to pay in fees, you know. So right. when you see the kind of, of fees that booking booking that come charges, right? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's they're, they're, you know, it's it's not to, in, in their interest to actually let people bypass them because I mean, you know, if as soon as you go, you find out how many fees you are actually paying on these sites, right. yeah, and next time around you don't want to you know go go to this site to, to book. Yeah, I mean, is it is it that vacation rentals tradition now? Everyone's moving to the Airbnb model where there's guest fees, right? Um, it's not like uh, Expedia and Booking.com where there are no guest fees. They pass all the fees on to the the owners or the property managers. Um, and so, you know, your incentive when you're on Booking.com, if you're to go over to Hilton.com, it's the same price. Right. And by the way, uh, Booking.com is way better. You already have, you know, have your, your information saved there. It's like Amazon. You can almost one click buy it. So you just buy it on Booking.com because it's simpler, right? Um, you know, if, if that existed in vacation rentals and Airbnbs, like if, if there existed the ability to just go direct, um, you know, what do you think would change? Do you think they, 
let's say there's a tripping.com, right? Tripping is the kind of meta search site, and there's a bunch of European ones now that raise some money. If they actually get good at matching, uh, you know, or like or rental has a listing site where people can book directly, That's right? True. If yeah. you have anything there, mm -hmm. um, and you have a partnership with tripping.com, um, so your inventory will be on tripping. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they get better at it and can show that listing on HomeAway and Airbnb and on the Orbi Rental, which is really kind of a more or less a direct booking site. Um, you know, fees are much less than they would ever be if you booked in one of these sites. Um, do you think that'll change as soon as like everyone starts going to tripping, looking for things, and can see the same property in three different portals? How do you think that changes fees? How do you think that changes the, the industry? I think it, it depends what market segment we're in. Like, I think mm -hmm. you'll see some very different things happening. Like particularly as far as Airbnb is concerned, um, in home sharing versus implication rentals. Mm. Um, I think there's those platforms that have traditionally worked very closely with property managers like Homo or BRBO would be a good example, and Booking.com obviously would be a good example, um, and they'll, they're used to a multi-platform world. Um, I think Airbnb is much more a brand and an experience that wants to sort of be an end-to-end -end experience and wants to keep people inside that ecosystem and not be have exclusive inventory, not be listed on multiple. Platforms. I mean, that's at least that's my perception from looking at the brand. Right. Um, because of that, I think that uh, what you mentioned before that Airbnb has done a couple of integrations with um, with channel managers um, and PMS. Like that's something that makes a lot of sense to me to see at Airbnb in the vacation rental space, where Airbnb is relatively small. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect to see that in the urban market, where Airbnb is in many markets dominant now. So right. Right. I think there's going to be very different approaches on whether you let people come communicate directly with the owner and it's just one channel right um, like which is I think what I'd expect to happen in the urban market right um, but it's going to be all inside Airbnb versus right. some of the other platforms that I think they are they will have to figure out how to deal with multiple distribution channels like with release windows you know first home away BRBO then Airbnb then booking.com last and sort of all of that and then you have to have consolidated solutions like that basically allow users to get straight through to the like to, to the owner of the inventory. The owner, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. The, um, you know, we, we always make the comparison between eBay and Airbnb, which is uh, eBay started out as everyone selling Beanie Babies, right? Everyone's mom and dad or whoever selling Beanie Babies, selling your old comic books and whatnot. Um, and so when that's your user type, you know, and it makes a lot of sense for it to all be there. You got your payment integration there. You have one way to pay. It's PayPal. Um, you know, uh, it's not the other ones now, but like uh, they could even have price recommendations in there. And if you're selling, you know, five comic books a year, that kind of works, and it's nice, and it's all controlled. Um, but then the market, you know, that's not scalable for you know, you know, people aren't doing that enough. And really, it ends up being dominated by these power sellers that say, "Hey, eBay is actually a great channel to sell this stuff that I'm already selling on my own site, uh, you know, at my own little bespoke thing." And then Etsy comes along and also lists on Etsy and Amazon and whatnot. Um, and by the way, I have my own payment processor. I use Authorize.net, and I want to be able to accept credit cards via that. And so we have to have a gateway. You know, eBay seemed to move away from that and being more open. You know, Airbnb seems to be starting to recognize that. Um, I guess it's always a balance, right? Because um, they don't want to just be uh, um, a funnel. But I mean, would you say Expedia, uh, for instance, doesn't try to control that experience as much as possible? Because when you go into Expedia, they have they want you to log in to get special rates, right? Create an account. They have a loyalty program. For booking there more often, um, you know they they try to kind of make sure that you're always that go-to place for it. Yeah, but I think the, the fundamental difference is that Expedia is very clear about what they are. They're a listing platform. Right. So the inventory that you find in, in Expedia obviously comes from everywhere. It could right. be Hilton, could be Intercontinental, could be Airbnb, could be VOBO. Well, right. Once they get into that segment, right. um, as they have with the acquisition of HomeAway, of course. But right. like you'll find any kind of inventory. I think Airbnb, you have a very different expectation. There's a brand around what you find, and um, it's positioned as unique inventory and exclusive inventory, which you shouldn't find everywhere else. I think that's yeah. that's where the difference is. Right. And that's also why they don't want to be listed on, on some of the meta search engine sites. Precisely. You know, they, want, they want to control the whole flow. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, which is always 
you know, you guys know this as startups yourselves, you know, it's always about, first you want distribution. Everybody was all on Craigslist uh, because Craigslist could get them broader distribution. Uh, you know, um, order rentals on tripping because uh, tripping gives them great distribution. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as soon as Orbi Rental maybe gets a bit bigger, they're like, mm, let's try to create our own brand and like not be as much like, I'm not alluding, I don't know anything about Orbi Rental, but I mean, that seems to be the trend of things, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you use a platform that has distribution to get widely known, but then you still want to come back and own those customers and not be beholden to that broader distribution now. Um, so I think everybody goes to that. Um, I'll do one last thing sort of on this openness front and leave this for Stefan. Um, you know, it, uh, there's this kind of Airbnb-centric world where, uh, right, where your, uh, you know, your smart lock, your whatever is all linked into there. Um, but as soon as, if you had somebody, let's say so, if you had somebody just who just is like, you know what, I'm worried about Airbnb, I don't want to be instant book, they only show instant books at the top of the results, uh, I want to be on HomeAway as well, you know, just to hedge against that, because maybe they'll change their algorithm. Probably have the same number of people who have been on VRBO forever. Uh, suddenly this new best match thing came up, and it's like Google Panda, and it just throws some people to the bottom for no particular reason, other people shoot to the top. Um, you suddenly realize that you're at the whim of some sorting algorithm uh, and that you kind of need a hedge to be on two sites. Uh, if you're suddenly in the space where you're not on two sites, you're on Airbnb, you're on HomeAway, um, you know, how do you manage, how do you manage that and what does that look like? Does, does this kind of um, integration between uh, these ecosystem players directly into Airbnb and directly into HomeAway become sort of irrelevant and really where you want to be integrated is in a central platform like Orbi Rental or um, because I guess what would, I guess, so if somebody was in, let's play this out with you guys, mm -hmm. uh, someone had their listing on Orbi Rental mm -hmm. uh, and it was synced to HomeAway and synced to Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Um, and they get a reservation and they want to uh, send uh, a key code out, mm -hmm. right? Um, right now, presumably, you would get, if you had one August lock and it was linked, you'd have to link it to Airbnb and link it to Homeway. Not necessarily. Does that happen? No. So, I mean, the way it works for us, it's we, have, we have integration with uh, the locks, some lock companies already, uh, either yeah. Home or, or Resolve Lock. Yeah. So, uh, basically, you can, because you, you know, once once the Airbnb is always a special case because yeah, the, the booking happens there. But once the booking right. happens on Airbnb, um, you can usually uh, get the email address of the of the of the guest, and yeah. you know you can then manage the sending check-in instructions and the locking codes uh, from from uh, your your PMS, right? Right. So you can do this. You know, I mean, regardless of where where the where the booking came from, once you you get a hold of the of the of the of the guest. Contact information. You can start managing the process, you know, the booking process, the check-in process, check-out process from from the PMS. Yeah. So I think that's not really an issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to. So in our case, for example, um, we have a direct integration with some of these uh, uh, lock companies. So um, yeah. you don't really have to connect the lock to the Airbnb account. You can just connect it to the PMS. Right. Yeah. I I'll say leave this last one for both of you guys. Like, what you know, when we talk about this open world. Uh, what do you think is most closed right now, and what what should the whole industry be looking to create standards on and open up? Like, what are one or two things that you think um, are really creating roadblocks to sort of innovation in the industry because uh, you know where information really can't move, or if we did open this up and it, things communicate better, you would just improve efficiency and improve kind of the whole industry. Uh, start with Alex. I'll, I'll turn it around to you. I actually know the, the way I'm going to turn around to you is the area that I think is one of the most interesting areas is dynamic pricing. Um, and one of the things that I think is really sad is that beyond pricing is not in host assist. Like, and I think if I didn't pay him to say this, like, no, 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 it's actually, I, and it's interesting because I've been following a couple of threads of hosts debating this, um, right. where they talk about smart pricing, um, that's Airbnb's version, yeah. um, which works for some people, doesn't work for other people. Um, and I think if um, sort of a company that's truly innovative, I think what they would do is to say, hey, we've got a huge built-in advantage um, to market our own product to our user base because we can integrate it into our app, we can push it um, any way we want to. So why not let three or four alternative solutions beyond yeah. pricing 
testing, ever booked, um, yeah. price method, sit and host assist, and you know, sort of let let everybody figure out what works for them. Yeah. And you guys have to charge for it because you're running a business. They don't have yeah. to charge for it. So there's like two massively built-in advantages for them anyway. So I think unless you want to become Microsoft, <laughs> you know, like yeah. where where you become the monopolistic sort of party that that just deals off of the fact that you own the user base and everybody's wedded to Microsoft Office, or yeah. and you're gonna milk that for the rest of history. Um, I think the smart way to stay innovative is to open up the ecosystem as much as possible and invite everyone else in because it also keeps it keeps young guys on up on their toes because they got to make sure that their products can compete with the best and not just yeah. sort of be the internally pushed. Yeah. So I think I'd love a world like that and I think it would be good for Airbnb, it would be good for Booking.com, it would be good for Homeway yeah. because it create more internal competition. Yeah, and that's a good point, right? It exists in enterprise software, right? Where Oracle will have their core database, but it talks with a marketing automation thing, and then they might have their own marketing automation thing, right? right. Um, you know, and it's sort of the same with, you know, Orby Rental now is focused on the core property management system and the agency stuff, but it's like, you know, we're integrated with you guys, but like, if you decide to also sell this, you know, down there, but you also integrate with us, you give people choice. Right. Um, you have the advantage because this is, existing customers that you're selling down, um, you know, uh, and that's generally how enterprise works. You want to be able to work with everything, but if you decide, hey, you know, we want this too because we can cross sell it or, you know, we would rather do that than do a rev share with somebody else, then it just means like everything's able to compete and everything doesn't live in silos, right? And I think you're right. That's where innovation kind of, di kind of dies. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we sort of see this where we're like, we don't want to spend our time trying to hack, you know, integrations into all these places because what we do is we help people optimize their prices. Um, it's like you, you want to work on creating this network of cleaners and creating an app that makes it seamless for people to uh, get their cleaning done. You would rather spend 99% of your time on that and 1% of your time on dealing with the connectivity issues, That's exactly right? Mm -hmm. um, but if it gets flipped and you're having to, and you see this part of the order, yeah. I feel like, I have to build out this thing to manage like emails coming in yeah. and hack all of that, and that takes up half of your time. You'd rather build the best core system that you can, and then have everything else just seamlessly work by it. Yeah, yeah. APIs are contracts, right? You, you, it's like uh, signing a contract with another entity, and and so that's it's really clear what you what you do, and and you mitigate the risks when we start hacking a system to uh, you know to get into the communication flow and everything. It's, it's taking a lot of risk because yeah. you know. Um, so we see. Uh, so they, they, just to uh, you know to band, to rebound on what you, you were saying about um, uh, the, the openness and of, of APIs and everything. Uh, there's a there's the, the competition aspect that is interesting, but there's also um, also dealing with the, the the flow that people already have uh, and and the connectivity they already have with specific companies. We see this with uh, payment systems. So you know, there's a lot of use cases. You know, so we, we have an integration of one payment system, but it doesn't work for a lot of people. So a lot of companies already work with another, another payment system for different reasons. Right. So some of them are with vacation rent payments, right? And other, you know, for different reasons, so because the, the, the fees are better in the US. Some of them are only available in in Japan or in other countries. So that's also the benefit of having an open system is that you can allow people to. Uh, you know, to get, you know, to not give up the flow that they like, and uh, and uh, you know, something works well for their business with a specific software, some specific software. So it's it's nice to allow them to just keep, uh, you know, this working. You know, same thing for accounting. You know, people work with QuickBooks, other with Zero. You know, so you know, having a, a way to, for them to choose between different accounting systems to connect to, you know, to the to the platform is yeah. also really interesting. Yeah, uh, exactly. So to like, you know, switch. Right, and it helps your system too, where it's like. Hey, we have this amazing system. We'd like to work with it. Oh, but we're on QuickBooks. We're not going to switch to zero yeah. just to work with Orby Rental, right? Yeah. Um, and you always have that problem where people are like have one thing that they can't switch off to these high switching costs. Yes. And so if you can't talk to that, then it's a deal breaker, right? Exactly. Um, and we run into that all the time. Like we'll have people who will say, "Hey, I'm on this property management system. Can you work with that?" And we'll say. No, no, like it's not open. Um, it's not open and we can't and talk to them about it being open and, um, you know, and, and then they're kind of pigeonholed and they have to choose, right? Um, anyway, well, that's, that's great. Um, that's a great discussion. Hopefully for all the listeners, it's a, a, a crash course and kind of open ecosystem and everything that's going on there. Um, well, I know one thing that's a little bit off topic that I wanted to address a little bit. Um, 
you know, we're here in San Francisco, um, but this is starting to come up a bit in cities uh, sort of around the country where laws are being passed. Initially, there were laws that were restricting uh, short-term rentals um, and, uh, you know, kind of the resolution largely led by Airbnb was to kind of regulate the industry, have people get vacation rental permits. And this is very typical in like uh, beach and ski destinations. I have a vacation rental permit for my place in Santa Cruz, um, and now they're introducing it to these urban markets. Um, and typically, you know, the, a planning department would then be tasked with uh, making sure that everyone that rents a place uh, is abiding by the rules. Um, and that's typically how enforcement works. Um, you, know, uh, you know, if I park my car out on the street, uh, it's up to SFMTA to come and give me a ticket if I'm parked there, you know, past when the meters do, it's not up to Toyota, right? Um, is that a fair analogy to say that the new moves by these cities uh, to get Airbnb to turn in people or to report people or to not list people that don't have a permit on their site, um, you know, like, is that valid? Um, you know, is, is, is it like, should Open Table, right, which is a restaurant booking site, require to see the health certificates of every restaurant on its site or their business permit? Um, you know, where does that responsibility lie? Um, San Francisco just passed. Uh, do either of you know more of the details in San Francisco? I'll ask you to explain that. Well, unfortunately, sort of as an Airbnb host in San Francisco, <laughs> sure. I've been in the trenches of the battle. Right. But it hasn't gone so well. Right. Um, the new law basically said, the new it wasn't a new law, it was a like like supervisor resolution. Like, like the Board of Supervisors passed a, um, an ordinance that basically now compels the listing platforms to also be responsible for only listing people who comply with the current uh, short-term rental ordinance. Yeah. Um, the if that, I think it's basically passed because it got a 10 to 0 majority, which yeah. means the mayor can't veto it. And if he did veto it, like it couldn't be overridden, the, right. the, like the veto would be overridden. Right. So I think the way it looks like it's going to come into force in July. I think the um, the rumbling is that um, Airbnb only has one option. It's actually not just Airbnb; it's all listing platforms, which is to sue, and they would sue on the grounds of um, what you mentioned, which is that as a platform, they're not responsible for regulating conduct on that platform. Right. Um, I think there's a. There's a lot of that, that makes sense in that argument. Yeah. There's, there's sort of the flip side of that. I think Airbnb has had a couple of, of challenges recently with um, people who are quite openly acting racistly or like, like as racists on the platform. And um, so you'd wonder how those two things have anything to do with each other. But basically what's happening is that um, I think in a number of cases, Airbnb has started to come in very heavily to say, like, we will regulate what's happening on our platform. Right. And I think people expect them to do that. Right. So at that point, where do you draw the line? Right. Like, it's hard to have say, we'll like, you can't have it both ways. So we won't kick off exactly. of illegal places. Yeah. Right. So I mean, the moment you go in and say, I'm going to start regulating conduct in my community, I will start paying attention of who does what and who interacts with whom in what way and who, like, <laughs> But it's, but it's it's a slippery slope. Yeah, know? I mean it's like Where if you're it? Facebook and you kick off, you know, people that post racial epithets, um, are you then responsible for people who list stolen goods on it? Like, yeah, I think where uh, the, the, one of the main differences also is that um, I think, from what I understand, uh, the platform is is gonna is, is um, can be uh, fined a thousand dollars per day for listing, uh, you know, uh, an illegal uh, unit. Uh, so that's kind of a, it's a difference between just regulating and kicking out people and actually being fined. Right. So that's right. Uh, you know it's it's a much much heavier pay, uh, price to pay. So order rental. Mm -hmm. Do yes. you have a listing site? Well, yeah. Do you so, fall into this? Is well, this absolutely. by the law? Uh, that... So yeah, no. We've been, I mean, we've been thinking about. I mean, you're not even these guys, so you don't have the resources. Don't have, to really we cannot do pay a thousand dollars a day right now. Yeah. For, so yeah, no. This is something we're taking seriously, and uh, um, you know, it's 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 a bit of, a bit of a concern because we don't have the resources to monitor uh, activity on our site. So um, presumably, you know, they're not. They're really not going to go enforce on you know, uh, you know, tripping. Like they're right. at a search site. Do they count? Yeah. They have stuff advertised there, that, but it's all inventory from another listing site. It's meta. Um, do they fall under this? That's um, my point. Uh, does, you know, there's, there's so many different levels of it. Right. It's, it'll be interesting to see how it resolves. I mean, it seems like a, just a city's trying to not have to do the work themselves. 
Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, isn't that, is that, do you think that's the impetus behind it? Like they, they are like, oh, it'd be so much easier to just make them give us, it's just like saying, the, the US government saying, hey, be so much easier if you just let us read all your emails on Gmail than us having to hack in behind there and figure out what you're saying. So let's do that instead. No, I think you're right. Is that totally unfair? It's, it's a slippery slope. And yeah. the moment you start putting the burden on regulating all kinds of things onto the platforms, like you're opening a Pandora's box for the whole internet, that's, yes. that's going to be really tricky. I think it's going to be very important for the platforms to think this through all the way because they are doing a number of things that, that are putting them into both directions. Like the example I used before is a little bit far-fetched. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so Airbnb is also doing a number of tax deals with, um, I think, 190 cities now. Right. And I understand the strategy. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but the moment you start saying, I'm going to start collecting taxes on your behalf, right. you know, again, you sort of, like, it feels like you're crossing a line where, you know, how can you have it always? So yeah. I think they're doing the right thing by putting up a very, very principal resistance against that kind of enforcement. But um, I think sort of you have to think about all the different pieces and um, all the different pieces have to fit together. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, I mean, history, uh, there's a lot of platforms already out there that have the same kind of problems that like we said, Twitter and Facebook, you know, you're not I mean, Facebook is not responsible, they're not going to be fined when somebody uh, is posting racist comments or something like this, you know, but they are responsible for uh, removing the, the comments if they are ordered to by law. Right. So I think it's a similar thing, you know, that, that, that will happen with the platforms like Airbnb, you know, I think they should be responsible, but they should be able to remove uh, the, the listings if they are required yeah. to. Yeah, um, you know, for those, obviously, there's a larger debate about, you know, what role should uh, short-term rentals play in all the zoning and all this other sort of stuff. Um, one thing, though, <laughs> as a permitted vacation rental in Santa Cruz, um, and we see this on the pricing front, um, when you're trying to run a business and then everyone else kind of pops up and is running the same business without going through all the steps you need to take through, it creates a lot of competition. Uh, when regulation steps in from a very uh, selfish perspective, suddenly the number of listings falls in half. Guess what? Your rates are going to be able to go up. <laughs> and in San Francisco, it would fall by 80% or something like that. So yeah. I talked to a number of hosts that were saying, well, we're not demonstrating in front of City Hall this time because it's good for you. You know, you know people actually ask us to on the Amazing Front. You know, they say, hey, why don't you send out an alert when there's surge, right? Um, because it's like, tell everyone that it's the Super Bowl. Or tell everyone, you don't say that, everyone knows it's cool, but tell everyone when it's Dreamforce and they can list their place and make a lot of money. Problem is, when everybody lists their place, suddenly there's a ton more supply and we can't charge as much. We see this with these Uber drivers at New Year's Eve where they're told, everyone come to San Francisco, it's going to be 8x surge, and then they all come to San Francisco. And because they all came to San Francisco, <laughs> surge is only 1.5x. I think you, you uh, presented a great example with the Pope coming to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I think right. you said a couple of times where everybody expected that there would be huge surge pricing for accommodation, and then yeah. there wasn't because yeah. there was just as much of a surge in supply as there was a surge in demand. Right, exactly. So um, the, I guess the... Uh, the slightly uh, selfish outcome of if this all does happen is that all those that are fully permitted and regulated are going to see a boom for it. Uh, but I don't think you'll see them uh, petitioning for that outside City Hall. <laughs> I think yeah. most folks are supportive of the industry as a whole. So. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, as hosts, we have to look around the corner. Because yeah. Sort of this might feel like an easy one for us to duck, they come duck off, but yeah, exactly. Similarly, yeah. it'll come for all of us. So yes, yeah. it's, um, it's in our interest to continue to. And I think there's a thing to say about Airbnb that people don't enough notice is they've pretty much fought that battle by themselves. Um, so they've been running, you know, sort of the battle for everyone. And everybody else was, you know, sort of you go guys. Yeah. Um, and you pay for it. So, so yeah, there's something to be said for that. Well, let's uh, let's end on this this point here and discuss this. Part Is part of that reason because they had a different model than Homeboy? Or HomeAway was traditionally a listing site in the terms of like the yellow pages are, and they were not actually doing the transaction. And uh, Airbnb was more exposed because they were the merchant of record. They were the one doing the transaction, not the individual owners. Do you think that's why? Um, or do you think it's because they have the resources um, and they're the ones fighting? Like why isn't, you know, HomeAway does have a team and that's out there, but you don't hear like, someone in the media you know, are they expending the same resources or do they just see Airbnb's going to fight it so why do we need to? 
Well, I think it's like what you said. Like, so Homeway has a team, but I think that's Matt Curtis and two guys. Right. Like, yeah. it's compared to dozens and dozens of people around the world um, at, at Airbnb and a very, very different budget. Yeah. Um, or is it also, I ask this, is it because of where the majority of Homeway's listings are versus where the majority of Airbnb's are? That's what I was going to say. I think the fact that uh, Airbnb is more urban yeah. uh, is really creating a real problem in cities where, you know, like, seventy square feet start started here, right. as always. Um, you know, they, you know, there's a less inventory for even for just for people to live here, right? So that that creates a real problem uh, as the prices go up and there's less and less inventory as people are renting their places. Yeah, I think that's why they are they are more uh, targets for more scrutiny. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We looked at this. Um, uh, we actually just in CNBC talking about where the majority of these listings are. Um, one nice data of it was only 16% are in the U.S. <laughs> so most of their business comes from international. Oh, yeah. But the other thing that was interesting was and the majority of them are urban markets. When you look at Homeway, like their biggest markets like Pensacola, Florida, mm -hmm. right? 15,000 listings or something there. Like, you know, uh, and Airbnb has, I don't know, 1,000 or something in that same market. And so they just have very, they don't have as much overlap in these, even though that's changing. Um, so, uh, but the, the sort of the regulatory backlash is happening in vacation rental markets too, and that's Matt Curtis has been going around telling that to everyone that you know, sort of don't think we are immune on the VR side of things. It, it's it's started in the cities, but it's it's bleeding into vacation rental markets now. It's really interesting to see that, right? It's mm -hmm. like uh, so we were interviewed too for uh, by a newspaper in Daytona about um, you know is Airbnb taking over Daytona Beach? I was like. Daytona Beach, it's all vacation rentals there already. There's thousands of ones on Homeway, and they've been there for a decade. And you're worried about Airbnb? Like, holy moly, like this is just, it's like going up to Tahoe, and everybody being like, oh, there's this vacation rental problem. You know, like, there's a Steely's problem. You're like, that, that's the whole business here. Exactly. Um, it's like, you know, San Francisco's being like, hold on, we need to get rid of all these hotels downtown. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's kind of been the standard there. So, but in one of the things that you said, I think is really interesting because you you correctly pointed out that the key difference between Airbnb's business model and everyone else's is that Airbnb participates in every single transaction. Right. So because of that, they know the transaction, and that makes it very vulnerable for for regulatory enforcement because they're part of the transactions that they right. know. Um, the other guys know some of the transactions, but not all of them. I think one of the things that's interesting is that as everyone's heavily moving in the direction of trying to participate in every transaction, be it via guest fees right. um, or via host fees, right. um, I think everybody suddenly starts being in the same boat. Yeah. And that's, that's bad for everyone in a way because one, I think one of the strongest arguments for Airbnb to push against the legislation was to say like, wait, this is electively is only enforceable against us. Because right. we're the only ones that have that see all the transactions, the other guys don't. So this is unfair, and I think they had a very, very good argument on that. Mm. But as everyone else is moving in the same direction, yeah. sooner yeah. or later this will be enforceable. Yeah. Mass against the whole industry. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great point. No. Awesome. Well, this has been incredible conversations. Might be our best episode ever. Uh, really, thanks so much to both of you guys. Uh, your expertise is incredible. Um, before we go, uh, anything to plug? Alex, tell them about properly. Um, it's free, um, available worldwide in eight languages right now at getproperly.com. Awesome, definitely check it out. Stefan? Uh, so uh, now we have a nice uh, brand new integration with Beyond Pricing. So uh, things are going really well. Uh, Obirental.com. Uh, yeah. Try to get your PMS plus Beyond Pricing plus channel management. Once plus smart home plus everything. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, everyone. Fantastic episode. Uh, definitely subscribe to us on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, every other possible podcast medium, and tune in next week.